Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Welcome back to the number one podcast about game development and the lifestyle of game developers. I am one half of the team bringing you this awesome podcast. My name is Larry Charles, and I may as well just go ahead and reveal him now because he's on the video footage with me. That's right. We're doing it video for the first time ever. Yes. Helping me with behind the scenes transitions and on-screen presentation, Mr. Brandon Pham. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Game Dev Unchained. Uh, I wanted to also introduce our guests. Okay. That's two two people right here. Uh, Austin and Jonathan. What's up, guys? Do you guys hear us? Yes, we can. All right, can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, you guys are doing great. Can you hear us? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, thank you. Cool, cool. All right, so. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, come on. Of course, of course. Now, we talked to these guys a while back, but this is the first time that our audiences are going to get a chance to hear from you guys. So the first thing we like to do on our podcast is obviously just say like, hey, can you guys tell us a little about yourself and give us like the Cliff's Notes versions of how you got into the industry and where you are now? Yeah, I can start. Um, by the way, you guys have the coolest intro ever. Uh, hey. we really proud of yeah, whoever did that, props. Um, but yeah, my name is Austin Anderson. Um, I used to be a game developer back in the day. Uh, transitioned in web technologies, worked at a bunch of companies, um, was at LinkedIn last, and then uh, decided to get back into the game industry. I was gonna start a studio. Noticed that there was a lot of problems um, plaguing you know, the, the indie community and uh, decided to create a software platform instead. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about myself. JT, you wanna jump in? Sure. Uh, how's it going, everyone? My name is uh, Jonathan, also known as JT, uh, within Groupie. Um, Austin and I met a couple years ago. I, I myself uh, worked in technology um, on growth, marketing, PE, um, but have been a lifelong gamer, competitively gamed for a while, and actually you know, dabbled in the mod- modding community. Found while I was there that there's a huge grassroots development community that was kind of yearning for a platform to better connect them to opportunities. And so when Austin and I started chatting about the game development space, we very quickly realized that there's just great, great opportunity for us to create a better destination for game developers to find each other, but also to find better opportunities to contribute to real projects, to actually get paid, to get paid on time, things of that nature. So and JT was also in esports stuff. Um, yeah. you, you played, played competitive played, Counter-Strike. Played competitive Counter-Strike okay. uh, back in the 1.5, 1.6 bit of source days, um, uh, well before esports really became the behemoth that it is today. But yeah, I was, um, was going to say a lot of the, the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the fun popping, you know, the clipping, the stacking. Yeah, it's the old school strats that you can't really employ these days. So hitboxes were hitboxes were different. Popping <laughs> was different. Man, really good. Those were the good old days. Um, but um, but yeah, so so it's really exciting to be able to build a, a platform and a community that supports um, 
you know, game development kind of at large. So really excited to be involved with that, but also really excited to be here to talk a little bit more about why that's important. Well, we're actually really happy to have you guys. Uh, don't look at our facial expressions for verification because we're we're getting used to talking to the TV. Yeah. So this is new. <laughs> just like you guys are in the studio with us. So this yeah. is awesome. Uh, yeah, so, we're we're actually not real. This is a robot, <laughs> this so. is a hologram. <laughs> this, this is a graphical hologram. demonstration of real time ray tracing <laughs> provided by Ruby. This is just an unreal yeah. demo. Actually. Yeah. Pretty much. So obviously, great businesses start with great teams, yeah. right? Especially with the partnership. So how did you guys initially meet? Were you guys friends before? Were you guys yeah, playing Counter-Strike? Who here. bought who the first yeah, we, we, What's that? Who, who bought who the first beer? <laughs> I mean, I guess technically I bought Austin the first beer. Austin had attended a conference that oh, yeah. I was hosting at an organization um, at a venture capital firm that I was working at prior. And uh, that's kind of how we met. Um, we, we we just got to talking at the events, and one thing led to another. We found that we both really, really cared about both technology as well as creatives, and that's kind of how all of this began. So that was many years ago. A lot has happened since then. The industry has dramatically changed since then, and we yeah. think that, yeah, there's just like a unique opportunity for something like this to happen now, especially given things like remote work and, and just uh, general communication uh, across work platforms has really improved uh, the barrier to entry for game development has really come down so we think that there's just a big opportunity for a lot of great talent to meet each other and work together yeah so it's uh, actually pretty great like what you're mentioning like the 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 recent uh progression and in, in smaller teams kind of being able to use the same tools and kind of produce as uh, high quality as the bigger studios have been blossoming the last few years. And uh, it's great that you guys are supporting that because Larry and I have always felt that that has been the innovators of the industry that's actually moving the industry forward. Uh, not to kind of hate or shit on like the bigger studios, which because we love the blockbusters as well. But they are usually the ones playing it a little yeah. safer, right? They're the slowest ships to move in the water. Exactly. And so yeah. when when was the first title or time when you, you guys were actually seeing, like, there's a huge shift in the industry right now. We need to jump on this. Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, we, you know, we pay close attention. We're, we're avid gamers ourselves. Um, and we actually have four co-founders, so we're two of four. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, early on, one of our, uh, one of our other, uh, friends who helped found the company worked for, for Valve and we, um, we've got a lot of folks on board behind Rupi who are big hitters in the games industry. And, you know, they, they all kind of see the same thing. And, no, and the reality is nobody wants to build, you know, Call of Duty 15, you know, all, although the, the IP is fantastic, you know, the, the indie, the indie, uh, uh, games industry is just it's shifting and evolving so quickly. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of these these problem areas like crunch, for instance, that's really controversial, where these indie studio or these these if you work for a game studio, you may be overworked or feel that way, right? Um, uh, and kind of like the repurposing of existing game titles. We see that a lot too, where there's not a lot of room for creativity. Um, we love the indie, we love indie games. You know, FTL I think is one of my favorite games. Rust I love. You know, I love I love these types of games. And so we kind of thought like, well, you know, what is it that these games studios, the indie studios, need to be able to compete in development in their development cycle, 
to be able to, you know, release these titles and not have to do it via early access or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, where we can create more trust between the actual game, the games, the game studios themselves, and and the consumers, the gamers are actually playing them. Um, and we really believe that it starts at work. You know, it starts at how can we help these game developers keep the lights on so that they can continue to invest in their like small indie projects and actually get it to to, to release, right? Um, and so to kind of jump in I, um, and, and, and answer the question, uh, I, I would say it really dawned upon us, no pun intended, when we heard that Horizon Zero Dawn was actually developed by a, mostly a distributed team, a very, very kind of high-end AAA title um, with like very, very detailed assets, a beautiful world, its own engine, right? Um, yeah. When we saw that that was something that was possible, that really kind of, you know, a light bulb went off and we were like, wow, you know, games can actually be built by teams that, that comprise folks from different pockets mm. of the world. Um, the fact that that's possible now really made us realize, wow, there's definitely an opportunity here um, for studios, both small and large, to take advantage uh, of this kind of new modality of, of game development. So, And just adding to that, you know, I think we're seeing that happen industry-wide, you know, not actually not just in, in, in other industries as well, where remote work, because to your guys' point, the tooling now is becoming more accessible to pull these teams together, right? And to be able to not have to be on location, um, in person working. Um, and so like, what is it, I guess the rhetorical question is like, what does it take to actually get somebody or get a team to that point where they can do that effectively? Well, I got to say anybody who's running, um, any sort of platform, give me one second. Or business, right? If you've spent any time playing Rust, I would trust you as a business leader because I know you know about threat assessment, nonverbal communication, and opportunistic taking advantage of situations because that's all that happens in Rust. So I would I would trust your business for sure. I think you guys would be great. Working for Rupee is like sitting in a little cabin in the middle of rust and then at <laughs> night hearing somebody walking on the outside and like desperately trying to reach out to them. Hey, are you friendly? And then yeah, yeah. they just fall <laughs> It's just like that actually. Yeah. So all jokes aside, if we are going to give our listeners now, they, they we know the name and we kind of know, I guess, we're dancing around the edges of like what the platform is going to do and offer. If you could give like a two-minute pitch to our audience directly to tell them exactly what Rupee.io is as a platform and how it helps developers explicitly. And then let's take the conversation from there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we're a community-focused work platform. Um, and we basically match uh, our talent with the right projects. We can manage your schedule automatically as a game developer or an artist. Uh, we also guarantee payments. Um, that's all on the talent side. So we really vouch for you in terms of a, a developer. You know, what what is it that we can do to help you in your career connect with the right projects, et cetera, um, and automate all the logistics, all the boring stuff that you don't really want to deal with. Um, and then on the studio side, we also provide um, the, the uh, proprietary talent matching. It's really smart. We manage the schedules for the studios, uh, handle payments, all the back office stuff, tax automation, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that so that we can really provide a cohesive offering in terms of our platform. Um, and then we also have a bunch of community features as well. Where Right now, we're actually in Portland, Oregon, uh, for uh, the Summer Slow Jam, uh, which okay. is hosted by Pig Squad. I don't know if you, your viewers may know Pig Squad, or you guys might know Pig uh, Squad. Oh, please educate uh, us. 
Yeah, so they're an or a nonprofit organization that do a lot of um, game jam type and education type workshops around uh, the Portland, Oregon area. Um, they do, on average, I think it's 70 to 100 games per game jam. Um, Rose City Games is actually a studio. Shout out to Rose City Games. They did uh, they did some like a, a, a Cartoon Network title. I think they won they they won I think number one indie spot for their their game uh, E3 just recently. So. We're here with them, uh, representing the community and uh, basically helping the community figure out how to take their game jam project and give it life you know, post jam. Like, like okay. what can we do to basically help you continue to build this game in the long term, but also in the interim, connect you with awesome opportunities so that you can you make some cash yeah. uh, and, then, and then hopefully continue to build your game. Do you want to add something to any of that? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, really, in summary, it's just to make work better and easier for people in the game development space. So whether it's finding the right person, finding the right company, um, but also, you know, exchanging uh, information as well as anything work-related, assets, communications, um, payments, all of those, all of those transactions are going to be seamlessly managed on the platform. So we just want to make it really easy for anyone to kind of jack themselves into the community and make cool games. Exactly. So my, ne cool. yeah, my next question for you guys is what about growth? I guess, is there like a top level efficiency limit where like, Hey, if you have a team size of over like 200, mm -hmm. you should have a different solution or can I start my indie team with five and grow to as big as I want and still have, you know, the same kind of experience or the same efficiencies with using uh, rupee.io? Larry, that's the premier package. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, gold package, actually. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But no, that's a great question, you know. Um, and what's fascinating is the term indie has changed so rapidly. Oh, for sure. You know, we've, we've met people who say it's, you know, teams up two hundred people or less is like considered indie, and we're we're creating a scaling solution that basically uh, works across the board. Um, we definitely appeal more to the indie crowd, but we actually have some AAA projects that we're working with, um, and we really want to solve the question of when is my team a studio? And I think a lot of times, I think your 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 viewers might feel this way. It's like, when do I officiate? By team as a studio and so mm. we're trying to get create a path right like a happy path to solve for that so you're like start out as a small team you can grow it to your to, to answer your question infinitely in size create an organization later on that has that manages multiple teams so really you can just you can you, you can scale up mm -hmm. yeah this this platform is definitely being designed for scale in mind i mean our goal really is to become the, the place where studios can become as big or as small or break off into small teams. However it is that they want to run their orgs, they should be able to scale up or down on our platform pretty seamlessly. So that that's that's really the ultimate yep. goal. Mm -hmm. well, do you guys get a lot of feedback from the people who use your platform and maybe suggest features? And I guess, what's that relationship like? We're like, hey, you know, we were using this and we thought this would be a great idea. And you guys are like, hey, great, thanks. You know, or I guess how so often is the suggestion box yeah, yeah. right next to their desk, next yeah. to the trash? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we, we have always have an open communication um, on our on our site. In fact, yeah. pretty much everywhere on this site, there is a feedback uh, entry area where people can just let us know, flag things, or 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 offer their opinions. We really, really value that that feedback cycle because okay. ultimately we are servants to the people building. 
Uh, and so we look for any opportunities we can to get cool uh, feedback from, from the community. But I would say in terms of like feature set, we have various communication features and tools, uh, form-like things that enable community members to engage with each other. Uh, we've seen um, you know, various uh, handle, asset handling management solutions that we, people have recommended, um, uh, workflow kind of feedback. It, it, it really does run the gamut um, because to your point, like different studios of different sizes have different needs. Totally. And ultimately, we want to address the core needs before allowing feature creeps to get the best of us. So, and we can't claim to be a community platform and not yeah. listen to the community. That's <laughs> yeah. like our biggest modality is like, how can we better listen to the community? You know, yeah. and so we may not like shift something huge based on one person's feedback, but we're always listening and aggregating feedback over time. Um, and I think that's like, you know, really one of our core philosophies. And it, coming out of Ruby is, is totally free. Like we want to make sure that it doesn't matter how, how small you are, you can come on Ruby. And even if you don't qualify to, to work on Ruby, we're actually providing, you know, a lot of like work platforms will basically say can actually work with the rest, like screw all of you. Right. And you're kind of gone. But for us, we are working with a bunch of partners. Um, we're working with, you know, we've got partners with Playcrafty and girls make games, et cetera to create workshops in the future where, you know, you can actually come on and improve your profile, improve your chances to, you know, actually work and, and be a vetted uh, worker on Rupee um, through education, right? And through actually like increasing your ability. We want to be able to say the 90% of people who are just starting in the game industry, who just like graduated college, you know, we we're at GDC talking to graduates and they were like, you know, their last year and they're literally saying, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Like, I have no idea where I'm going to go like after this. They, they, we, they, they want to work in game development, but they don't know where to start. No path. Right. And, and it kind of makes sense, right? Not all, like art schools aren't necessarily directly geared towards game development, even right. though a lot of people at these institutions who are properly trained to make games, um, you know, are definitely qualified to, to work on them. But there's just not a super clear path. So we really want to help, you know, on board a bunch of people who who you know have the ability to make games but maybe may not necessarily know how to directly apply themselves exactly so how can we help you become educated right and like get into the workforce and you guys know you both you both have long careers in the game industry so you know you know how hard it is at the beginning right yeah i would not be where i am now without help and i know explicitly and each individual time each individual time where like especially in the beginning where someone was directly contributing to my yeah. success there's definitely a spartan mentality is like once you leave school you're kind of off on your own mm. and once you're off on your own finding jobs and you get laid off you're off on your own again yeah. there isn't really a strong community even with professionals uh small and big that actually uh has a place for you in terms of like here's a job site it's basically between friends and it's very unofficial so the 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 guys that you guys are helping with especially the small indie developers that we talk to often you're they're juggling a million things at once they're trying to learn biz dev on the go type of the, you know, <laughs> method yeah. and it's, it's it's crazy because most of these developers even if they are skilled they build a career around their tools and techniques um, talking to people is actually a very hard and difficult thing, and that is necessary for you to make deals yeah. and and actually get these games financed. So it's actually a, a piece of the market that you guys are definitely 
definitely taken advantage of that we see that is very advantageous because uh, more often than not, these developers don't know what they're doing. And so they're juggling and they're figuring out their new roles. It's not like me kind of rolling off from a company and being able to do the same role. It's like multiple roles within just making the game and then have to think outside the game. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my headaches. <laughs> to yeah, yeah. I've got friends who are, you know, self are in the game industry and they're, you know, self-described introverts, right? And, and they're like, I don't want to mess with, you know, having to like, you know, talk to people definitely, but I just want to build a game, right? And how there's how can I do that, you know, but also, like you said, manage my time and juggle learning these soft skills, you know, to be able to do this. So it's like, that's really what we're trying to do, like create these binding agents, you know, maybe some management and automation there so that you can just focus on your passion project, like focus on what you want, you're wanting to build. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we think games are like the the echelon of, of creative uh, uh, you know manifestations or whatever it's like the, the most amazing thing so it's like whatever we can do to help enable that um, I think we're doing I think we're doing the community a service and that's what we're trying to do is, is, is do that so I want to segue off of that then and ask uh, and this might be a little unfair to ask because I know your, your platform is agile and it has a lot to offer mm-hmm. but if you consider like an indie, like a traditionally known indie team, small group of guys and girls working on 10, 15 person studio level, like, and even that might be big for what a lot of people consider indie. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like the biggest headache that you guys solve for like the small indie developer? Would you say like, if you could champion one main feature as a selling point to be like, look, if you have this problem, come to us because we have the best solution. Mm-hmm. If you were going to champion yeah. one thing. Honestly, I think I think it would um, be our our matchmaking, okay. because I think that's really what it comes down to is you put a group of people together that have a set of skills, finding the right match to get your team work. If you're doing that, which the majority of teams and individuals that we know um, outsource themselves. Mm-hmm at the same time as like building their title because they have to, you know, especially if you're building an indie game and you're not financed, you're going to have to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. And so why not do it in parallel, you know, on the same platform. And, and, and I think in my opinion, it's, it's the matchmaking piece because we can automate that. We can automate your calendar. You're like, Hey, I am open to work these days and let's go. Right. Mm-hmm. And we the teams together. We're vetted whatever like hey somebody's just inquired to for your team to do you know a six-month contract on something yeah and and to kind of add to that why matchmaking is so good on our platform is that we actively vet not just for kind of the hard skills required to to determine whether someone's qualified to work on something but we in our research and in having been embedded in the game development community we've also found that there are a bunch of soft skills and kind of things in between that lead to turnover so you could hire someone, I don't know, some, some long-term veteran uh, from LucasArts or from Pixar, but maybe, you know, even though they make great work, maybe the pace at which they make the work doesn't quite fit the type of game that you're making because you're making like a mobile game and you're looking for in-game assets that you want to turn out every week. Right. Whereas this person, you know, makes amazing work, but is used to working on it four weeks at a time. And so they're just like little nuances in, in, you know, different roles within game development that we really like to kind of vet for such that what you know that when you're hiring someone on our platform or putting yourself out for hire, you're going to be matched with the right project 
that matches your specific specifications, your work style, specialization, very nuanced. And we basically try to cover all the bases when it comes to that nuance. So you know you're going to get a good match. All right. So I got to ask then, after hearing that pitch, I'm LinkedIn and I've got the monies, right? Like I want to buy that. Are you guys for sale? That's, yeah. that's like a, that's something that a big company would seriously want to acquire. You guys are sitting on some technology there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to write a check, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were LinkedIn. I, no, no. I, thought, I, I thought this was game down on chain. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I think the, the technology obviously is is great. Uh, we're mm-hmm. serving a community that I think um, that, that 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 I think has some unique properties, right? And so uh, whether it's LinkedIn or some other platform that really wants to address this class of worker, happy to chat. But for now, like all we're focused on is you know turning Ruby into that best destination for creatives that want to game development projects. Um, and so yeah. The technology is going to continue to develop. We're going to continue to improve our algorithms. Um, and yeah, who knows Who knows what opportunities will arise. But for now, like all we're focused on is helping, helping the community. And it's utopian to say, I think, but the reality is to create something like we're creating, you really have to have a direct connection to the community intimately. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really, like selling out is something that can happen, right? Like finding the right partners, finding the right people who align in philosophy, right? I mean, it's going to matter a lot. Down it, 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 huge, right? So we're thinking about that all the way through because like I said at the beginning, you know, we're a, we're a community first platform. And because of that, 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 that's got some, you know, great power comes great responsibility stuff added to that. Right. And so um, we're trying our best and, uh, and, and, and just keeping our ear to the ground and, and, and reaching out as much as we can. So what have been some of the big hassles you guys have had to overcome to get Rupee to where it is right now? I'm assuming like in the idea phase, sure, it all looks great on paper. Mm-hmm. But when you start buying servers, when you start setting up infrastructure, or when you start trying to advertise this to potential people to join, to be the first adopters, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, that's a, there's a lot of hurdles to cross there to gain those people's trust. So I guess what have been some of the notable, I guess, achievements uh, mm-hmm. that you guys have gone through from now till your start? Go for it. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, starting an organization like this, and especially one that we hope to be as long-standing as Ruby, does require some early backing from some people who know what they're doing in the industry, have been building games, or have been working with game builders for a long time. So we went out and corralled as, as many of the best experts as we possibly could from the industry. And so, uh, for instance, I could mention uh, some of our initial advisors and investors include you know, the co-founders of Twitch, uh, co-founders of Guitar Hero, wow. uh, the former Square Enix CEO, Folks that have actually seen these communities come together, coalesce, develop together, um, communicate together. These are the people that we want on our side to really, you know, under uh, help us understand best uh, the people that we're looking to serve. And so that was kind of our first step right on the onset was like finding the right advocates for what it is that we're doing to make sure that we were going into this with the right mindset, with the right support. Um, and uh, that so that kind of helped us ideate uh, our first iteration of Rupee. Um, but you know, as with any business idea, uh, the idea kind of evolved with time, especially as we started getting in front of our customers, like directly. And so, when we co-hosted our first conference out in New York, which is Play NYC, 
um, we really started talking to a lot of devs and that's where we realized, you know, some of our assumptions around what it is that devs needed. And at the time, Ruby was targeted more as kind of like a crowdfunding platform and crowd building platform for games. Um, we realized that, you know, these devs are actually, that was where we learned, like devs are actually outsourcing themselves and they're either themselves or their teams to other larger projects. They were basically looking to keep the lights on with other gigs. And that's when the light bulb for us went up. And we're like, wow, like gigs matter a lot for people in this community because it's not like tech where you can just go out and raise a bunch of money for your studio through a couple pitches and, and you know in the right vision. It just doesn't quite work that way. Uh, and so a lot of people are doing contract for higher work. And so we wanted to build a platform to better support kind of the core needs, the fundamental needs of of, of uh, the backbone of game development. And, and so that's kind of what led to uh, Rupee as it, as it stands today. But that, that process of, of like getting that feedback was definitely that was challenging. It was, it was challenging for sure. Yeah, and I, I think just adding to that, I think the other, one of the big challenges too is just like communicating to, you know, potential investors, et cetera, the, the opportunity for gaming. Right and just gaming in general. So many people don't understand gaming. Still, it's just mm-hmm. mind-boggling, right? I mean, they're like, "Yeah, gaming, right?" And then you're like, "Yeah, but actually, you know, the total market for gaming is is larger than the music industry and movie industry combined. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's massive. There's so many people participating and creating awesome content. Yeah. Um, but gaming is still pretty scary for a lot of people. Um, and so really painting a picture of what's happening right now in the industry and where things are going, right? We're really trying to be future forward in terms of how work will be in the future, you know, not just in game, the game industry, uh, but all industries, uh, especially technology, um, but also what's happening in terms of, you know, the indie movement, the breaking down of large studios into smaller studios and how everything is kind of subdividing now and everybody's going lean and everybody's distributed, you know, and, and what that looks like in the next you know, four, five, six years, um, you know, that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work and research and, and uh, talking to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Well, speaking on some of that, like without giving your competitor an advantage, <laughs> for the first, you know, next four to six years with E3 just freshly wrapping up, uh, with bigger studios being uh, far fewer than before, there's, we're talking about maybe six major publishers now announcing games at E3. Yeah. What's happening where you see that they're these the big guys are going to constantly play in their own playground. It's going to be very concentrated. Do you see the only reason that's holding the indie developers back is because of resources and maybe uh, lack of education in terms of the business side of things? Like what's holding the indie development back right now? Uh, to become like a bigger industry than the bigger companies, in your opinion? Yeah, there's a stat. It's like 85% of games um, fail to release. I mean, it's massive, right? And there's a lot of variables in that. You know, why a game doesn't make it to release. A lot of a lot of times it comes down to user feedback, right? For instance, where the, uh, somebody will iterate on a game for years and release it and then community reception is bad and then it just kind of flops, right? Um, or they just it's not qualitative enough at the beginning or it was just maybe not even a good idea, right? Something like that. I think there's a lot of that. Um, and I think also definitely resources is, is, it's a big deal. That's why I think we see a lot of um, alternative means to make 
funding quickly through early access and things like that. But that creates kind of a, a problem when it, when it comes down to uh, trust, like consumer trust, right? Because and we've seen this so much on Reddit and, you know, in, in different communities where people are complaining about early access or loot boxes because those are the ways to, to survive, right? You've got to look at it that way. You've got to look at it as these are people just trying to get their game out there so that they can make some cash so that yeah. they can continue to hopefully build the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but it creates kind of a distaste, I think, for the community um, at large. And so that's, you know, that's why we're trying to figure out ways that we can help create more fair monetization uh, and to increase that, that level of trust, that, that consumer trust with these indie studios. Um, you know, what is, how can you have your fans, you know, participate in, in, in helping drive feedback, you know, or participating in doing work? Like, imagine that. Imagine a future where, you know, um, I think like in the PC gaming industry alone, over 55% of the gamers are developers, right? So they're all technical. So why not hire your, your fans, sure. right, to do work for you, right? These are the people who are trying to give you ideas in the first place. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, one way we're trying to, to, to look at it. Um, so, yeah, the community stuff, feed, like feedback loop is really important for game development in general. I think on the flip side, the talent side, really kind of democratizing access to talent, a lot of which is actually trapped up in a lot of these AAA studios that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, giving, like creating opportunity for folks like that to work on passion projects of their own. And this a lot, again, is like why we really believe in the Game Jam community. A lot of these folks are current employees at Ubisoft, Activision, you know, all these major studios that we've all heard of and played games from. Uh, those folks are, you know, wanting to work on their own kind of passion projects too. And so creating a bridge, you know, for people in the indie community to actually have access to talent that has actually worked on big AAA games, I think a big step in the right direction. And a lot of folks who are build, looking to build their first teams or their initial talent beds for their first projects just don't know where to look, right? Like, where would I go to find, you know, a, a lead designer on, on a game uh, that was published by like a big, a big major AAA publisher? Most people don't really know how to do that or even how to approach that. But if these people are making themselves available to work on projects on, plat- on, on our platform, mm-hmm. that really opens up the possibilities of what indie games can become because there's a lot of, there are just a lot of things that you learn, I think, in the process of building a career in game development, things like process, right? Mm-hmm. Resource management, planning. These are all things that... You know, we as a platform also want to help as we progress, right? Where when you milestone out a project, when you get assigned to a project, timing, the, the estimation of time, the cost estimation, these are all things that people who are experienced in industry should be able to kind of bring into projects that they participate in. And of course, the platform itself will continue to evolve to accommodate these things. But I think we think the wealth of experience that is currently largely trapped at the top, we want to make that accessible to people in the mid-tier and even in the lower tier, kind of earlier stage game development. Yeah. Well, let me ask this next question. Um, So you were mentioning creating a bridge for a lot of these developers who want to participate in your platform and everything. And it's actually a really relevant point because we come from the AAA industry and I just had a conversation last week with someone at Epic. Um, and a lot of the problems with these bigger guys or these companies that feel trapped or, or 
are actually really trapped is that there's a clause where they can't work on outside projects mm. personal project anything they would do outside of the workplace is owned by the company it's a contract that everybody has to sign to agree to and uh they try to sidestep that with saying like oh let's list all the things that you own before you come to the company so there's obviously a desire and and the passion from a lot of these AAA developers wanting to do something else wanting to create that bridge but are constantly showing up it being demolished by the very company that they work for. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know if you guys talk to a lot of these developers and I'm sure you guys are meeting at back alleys and, and everything to make sure that they're not exposed. <laughs> but I imagine some of that being that they can't really openly say that I want to work on side stuff to get things going for myself in case things happen. Right. Or right. Just, yeah. Just up your desire. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah. So, so to to your point, uh, we're we're not looking to get people to illicitly work or like to break contract to work on projects. That's not what we're trying to do. I think it's more um, capturing a lot of the talent that often gets let go from projects that get released because there is a cycle to game releases where once a game hits the market, you know, especially contractors that work on games, and a lot of these games are fueled by contract for hire uh, talent, right? Um, that are bound literally by contract until like a game being game you know gets released and then there's a huge kind of sloughing off of talent because it just makes no it doesn't make sense at that point to keep them on the payroll and so it's not so much like getting people who are currently at like Ubisoft or Activision to come and be like yo like screw them I'm gonna work on my own thing and we may get caught eh, yeah we're not trying to do that it's more you previously worked on a really cool title you learned some things there how do we get you to work on smaller projects. Uh, that have a lot of uh, a lot of great potential, but maybe not as much experience as you may have. How do we get you connected to those projects, and how do we get you paid to work on those projects? Because a lot of these devs, these early devs, actually are spending a lot of their own hard-earned money, their savings, on building these games and making them happen. So it's not that there's a dearth of like ability to be paid. We just want to formalize it and make it really clear, like who's available to do what work for how much. Uh, and this is the amount that you're going to be expected to pay or be paid, um, and we're going to make that all seamless. Yeah, for, for just a quick example to that, there's a, a large studio, very large, that I won't name, but, you know, they've reached... You can say what uh, it rhymes with. Like no. Rhymes no. With. <laughs> there's only like nice six. Yeah. I'll start naming it off and use nod to us. Yeah, yeah uh, but they... Uh, you know, they, they just released their game and they just, they laid off uh, over 150 people, right? Uh, and and, and, and very normal, very normal. <laughs> and, and, and we talked to them, some of the people, you know, and, and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And um, I'm expecting a huge gap in, you know, my pay, a gap mm. in, uh, in my work, etc. And I'm used to this. This is how it goes. This is what happens. This is normal, right? And mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we definitely sympathize for that those those folks. And we're like, wow, you know, come on, Ruby, let's try to find you something, right? I mean, that's that's really, I think, what what George JT is going with, you know, the the triple A talent. Yeah, well, that's probably a good time to ask this Twitch question because with 150 people who might not know what they should be doing now, uh, let me see if we can do that. 
what's the good opportunity for bringing them onto your platform? So, Fizzle747 from Twitch, hey, thanks for joining us again, asks, what is the process for becoming part of Rupee.io platform as a potential developer for these indie teams that you support? Yeah, great question. So we are launching, so we've been doing a lot of um, uh, closed work uh, between both the uh, developer and artist side and then the, the projects for quite some time. Um, we're doing our, our end of June beta release, actually. So it'll be, it'll be end of June, uh, maybe the very beginning of July, um, and we'll, we'll definitely blast out. It'll be on our site. You'll go through, um, and we have a vetting process where you connect your identity, um, and then we actually go through... Um, we take a look at your, your past career history, et cetera. And we have a whole like kind of gamification system in terms of your skill vetting um, as well as like XP and, and leveling up and that sort of thing. So it's actually pretty fun in terms of, you know, working on Ruby, doing education through our partners and, and having it contribute to, you know, your overall presence uh, as a profile on Ruby. So uh, to answer your question, uh, yeah. So at the end of the month, we'll, we'll have that opened up. There'll be some some links, and then you'll be able to go through our, our vetting flow um, to 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 connect. And it's uh, rupee.io is our website. R-U-P-I-E.io. You can go there and actually, uh, you know, submit your email there. We'll definitely be in touch with you guys, and an email will go out informing you of the specifics and how it is that you can kind of self-onboard. Um, but it will be, you know, a, a thorough process, and there is a vetting process. We want to make sure that all talent that is put onto the platform is is properly, you know, is quality talent. I mean, we just want quality talent to be working with quality projects. That's you can come onto the platform, yeah. right? And that's fine. It just, it just, it just, whether or not you actually are vetted to do immediate work on Rupee, yeah. um, that, that's, that's kind of the question. But like I said earlier, we're not going to abandon you. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to work with you to, to make it so you are qualified to work on the platform. Unlike right. other work wow. type pop. So it's yep. it's not a no, it's a not yet kind of. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's really that. better, right? I yeah. mean, that's really it, that really is it. I think I think the, the the talent quality question is is something that we kept hearing back from studios where it's like, oh, we brought this person on, but the fit wasn't quite there for this reason or that, and we just want to help people fill in the gaps so that when they do hop on a project, they legitimately can produce great work that fits that particular project's needs. That's like that's huge for us. Mm -hmm. And well, I well, I have to imagine like working remotely online, it it's less about the personality, right? Am I true in this assessment? Like, because on on, on the workplace, fifty percent when we're hiring, especially when for artists and designers, I guess engineers are are a different story. Uh, fifty yeah. percent of that is your skill set. Fifty percent of that is personality. Can I hang out with you? Can I work with you? Can we talk to you? The percentage has to be slightly lower than that, right? When you're talking to someone online, you don't really need to talk or hang out as much. Am I incorrect it, in that? Yeah. I mean, I would say it, de it depends on the work that is being uh, asked of the person, right? Yeah, I, I think if you're more creatively involved uh, in shaping the vision, because we've definitely had some clients on Ruby come to us and be like, you know, we're looking to bring on people who really believe in what we're doing, who see, you know, the nuances of what we're after, whereas others are like, I just want assets made. Right, so it really, it really just depends on what the um, developer studio is actually uh, requesting and the type of work that's being requested. But I do agree. Like I, I have managed, uh, you know, teams remotely for years um, at various companies, and uh, I, I do agree that it, it, it does matter less. It matters in different ways, right? Because you're communicating online. You may do like a video call, something like that. Soft skills do matter a little bit, but yes, to your point. 
um, it's, you know, you're not going to, you know, hang out after work or something like that, right? So it's a little different for sure. I mean, Ted Bundy can be awesome for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying on your flat when you have 10 Bundies, but I'm saying that it's an easier task to be impressive on a Skype call and be behaved. Right, because from the neck up, you just you like look presentable. You just put on your polo. Yeah, you just still right yeah, yeah. Well, parents, I mean, parents are not a requirement. Yeah. I, that's not. But but you know, to 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 you know to to account for people who maybe you know look good on the onset, but don't eventually don't perform or don't deliver for whatever reason, we have you know a, a reviewing system um, to to kind of ensure that people do deliver on what they say they can. And this applies to both the talent and the studios. So keeping people accountable on the platform is is a huge, huge uh, tenet of, of Ruby. Uh, so on both sides, yeah, you can you can you can pretend, but it will have ramifications if you get outed. So um, yeah, this is why vetting does matter, matchmaking does matter, because we want to ensure that people have largely a good experience uh, when they come in and, and do work or, or, or request work. Yeah, because we're like we're pulling in all this you know work for you to do as a developer, but we're not gonna just like you know you you just became a, a game developer yesterday and then connect right. you and then have that happen, right? right. So yeah. All right. So it sounds like we're about a month away from the development portal being opened up for more people to submit to you guys. But since I have you here in the podcast, I'm actually just gonna pitch to you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've hey, been developing. Yeah, I've been developing a game for about the past two and a half years, and uh, I think it's ready for prime time. So I'd like you guys to evaluate it uh, live on the podcast and let me know if you think it's a project that I could, you know, continue to further on your platform. Can I, can I play it with Stadia right now? <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. It's, it's played live. You can you can play it with. Uh, we're actually already running it on Stadia, and let me let me show you why. The game is called <laughs> the game's called the Fast Five. I'm going to ask you guys five rapid fire questions and all I need from you is five rapid fire answers. Are you okay. guys ready to play? Yeah. Pull that up, Jamie. All right. Question number one. If you could activate any video game power up that you've ever played with for one day, which one would it be? Oh man. This is fast five, not slow five. Yeah, this is fast five. <laughs> uh, the star in Mario Kart. Uh, there's two of you. Uh, <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably like uh, uh, 100x XP multiplier, just okay. in general. Yeah. <laughs> so, question number two, a, a similar question. Uh, if you could be any video game character for one day, which, which character or persona would you take on? That is such a good question. Uh, Kirby. By far. Yeah, because I can I can assume anybody else's powers. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm like you, so I'm unassuming. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much thought like in that strategy. <laughs> I yeah, man. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's a good strategy. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe like uh, uh, Link probably. Okay. Question number three: Who has <laughs> the <laughs> Who is the best unlockable character that you guys have ever unlocked in any game? Whoa, the best unlockable. Best unlockable. Um, I mean, I, I keep going back to Smash Brothers because I just grew up loving that game. Probably Ness. Okay. Uh, 
I love I just love how weird his physics are and how trippy. I mean, he's just like a really weird, unlockable character, but it's actually very powerful if you know how to use him. Okay. Yeah. Um Probably like Road Rash 64, where you like you can unlock those insanely fast bikes where you're just flying over the entire map. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the character. All right. Question number four. If it was your money and you had to pick a project, would you green light World of Warcraft Remastered or World of Warcraft 2? <laughs> oh man, World of Warcraft 2, two. any day. Two by far. All right. Uh, yeah. Last. Last question. Question number five. Are you guys going to be day one supporters of Google Stadia or not? Yes. We're, we are we are platform agnostic uh, right. in terms of what you're building. It's more genre, you know, like okay. what type of game are you building, not necessarily what platform. But, and, and whatever gets more, you know, people playing games, mm-hmm. uh, we're all for it. Good so Good Google Stadia just makes it more accessible to more people. We're super down for that. Um, obviously, like, you know, We'll see how it all shakes out, but ultimately more gamers are going to be exposed to more games. So now, was, was that the company answer or was that your personal individual answer? No, that's that, okay. that's okay. Okay. no when Stadia, when Stadia out, it, it cleaned up real nice at the end. You know, we just want to yeah, <laughs> worry about some that, corporate that, face. Because that legitimately was how I felt when I heard about Hey, fair you enough. Get a physical piece of paper. Um, it's sponsored by Google. Google's yeah. <laughs> sliding a check to them right now. Yeah. If we just pan your camera to the right, we're going to see the X <laughs> just slightly in the background. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah that's a great game, by the way. Uh, great all graphics. Right. All right. Well, cool. So, that was my game. Uh, thank you guys for playing. Uh, now to bring it back, bring back all the attention to you guys. There was a question I did want to ask uh, because working in indie, sometimes people will pay you like in dollars, and then sometimes they pay you in promises. You know, for example, hey, this is a back end deal. We're going to when we make money, you will get X percent, or you will get you know some sort of monetary revenue. But at once we start making the money, so it may not even be percentage based. It could actually be like a flat value, but once money comes in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. does your platform allow for similar payment structures as well? Or I guess, how do you deal with those types of scenarios? Does PayPal take promises? <laughs> I sent you an that's, other promise. That's like, no, that's actually a really good question. Something we talked a lot about and okay. we hear a lot actually. Um, so what I can say is not right away, not at the okay. gates. Um, we're experimenting with, you know, volunteer type gigs that you could potentially do. Um, the rev share, profit share stuff ends up being very complicated, right? Yeah. In terms of contractual agreements, a lot of that stuff's custom legal footwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking into that because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that a lot of people are interested. We are focused on paying people fairly, making sure that the yeah. transactions happen. You know, because because the reality is, you guys like we hear from t- both sides. Some people mm-hmm. say, as an artist those are the types of deals I'm only approached with. Mm. And, and because of it, none of these projects pan out mm. and I still have to pay my bills, right? Yeah. And so it, it can become kind of controversial. Um, on the project owner side, for sure, it's like it's, it makes perfect sense to be able yeah. to get people to come help you for future prospects. But in the reality, on the developer side, it, kind of, it, can, it can screw them over. They can feel that way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we just don't want to enable any um, bad actors on that front when it comes yeah. to uh, you know studio operators who are making uh, making unfulfilled promises. And we've talked to enough developers who've been burned by those types of deals, mm-hmm. such that we really just on the onset really wanted to focus on gigs. But if there is a way to maintain you know project attribution, which is actually something that we've built technology to support, just have not deployed, um, and we can enforce that attribution downstream. Um, uh, through some form of you know uh, legal binding, mm-hmm. then that's that's then that's something we would definitely entertain uh, as a fully you know full feature on the platform. But mm-hmm. until we can basically guarantee that people um, that promises that are made will be fulfilled by the studio when it comes to things like rev share, profit sharing, mm-hmm. um, equity, that kind of thing, um, we yeah until that promise can be made, we probably will not launch that. I like what you guys stand for there. You're protecting with the community. And I agree. Yeah. Like I've been offered that many times myself. Sorry. And I even I even did a little bit with GoPlay, the iPhone game company. But we delivered. We didn't get paid a lot, but yeah. they got their percents, right? Mm-hmm. Like I so yeah. I'm I'm familiar with both sides. And yeah. I just well, was wondering if you do you guys want to come help with Rupee um, for you know a percentage sometime? If it's in writing, if it's in writing, I'll consider it because like you. Give me an option. No, I'm really excited about what you guys are building. I think that you one you sell it very well, and I I can see that there's a personal feeling attached to this. None of it was very corporate until you answered the last question of the Fast Five. So you guys, you guys have won my, seriously, like I, I trust you, even just in an hour teleconference with you. The Google guy out of here. <laughs> Someone on the other side of your camera has a, a clipboard and they're like showing you guys notes, how to answer the questions. They're doing the, like the neck thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, by the way, you guys are awesome. Um, for, you know, to your viewers, these two really, really, really care about the community. We, we talked so to them a few times and, you know, I mean, bar none, maybe second to us in terms of- <laughs> <laughs> well, At least you're being they, honest. They, they, they care about it. Yeah, I mean, but you guys, they really, really care. So yeah. definitely stick around. These guys are definitely in for, you know, um, the long run with you. And, and you. I think you can really trust them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes it feel good. Back at These you, are real yes. tears, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was uh, a. I mean, the first time we we met on teleconference, there was instant like synergy between us because yeah. we saw basically us on the other side uh, helping in this crowd. And, but, but, like, but, I mean, this industry is a funny industry. It's a. It's it's very profitable. Yeah. But what a mess it is. Mm-hmm. There is no clear path uh, for anybody uh, that is uh, maybe shipping the number one game last year. Or really uh, building up like this resource for themselves to publish games on their own. No one's talking to each other, and there's a huge disconnect with all the communities, indie devs, AAA, yeah. mobile. Everyone's in their own little corner, and yeah. the only guys that are talking to each other are the corporate heads. <laughs> Just having what colors your bed and breakfast together. <laughs> I got the target top. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's it's there's a reason why. I mean, there's a reason why we're so disconnected mm-hmm. right um because everyone's 
you know, it's a hard industry to kind of get through. Everyone's just earning their nine to five, getting home and trying to reset for the morning. And so there's really yeah. not enough people like you guys, yeah. like us, kind of thinking beyond mm-hmm. that, thinking the extra steps, thinking about what is my 65, you know, is it yeah. well, it's, being here? <laughs> I'd say it's hard to put other people on your shoulders these yeah. days, right? Yeah. Like, and this isn't to like big up either one of us. This is just like kind of my observation is, a lot of people have so many personal struggles on the mac- on the micro level yeah. that the macro level concerns just pretty much it's don't even too exist, far away, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. like I'm already yeah. dealing with all this and all that. Why am I supposed to? Yes, and it's yes. It's, that's why it's very important whenever I see people who are like community based or yeah. help centric yeah. or or very generous or do a lot of philanthropy that like I try to shine as much spotlight there as I can because I know that those benefits actually do trickle down. Like, yes. That's a perm mm-hmm. because it's like going from one thing and dispersing. Right. Yeah. That's trickle down. Yeah. Taking from many and conglomerating <laughs> is not. <laughs> it's called winning. No, no, no. no. no, no. You, guys, wrong, wrong you guys don't exist because you think that the industry is just fine. Yeah, right. Exactly. We don't exist because we think the industry is just fine and just mm-hmm. in working. We mm-hmm. exist because we are at the beginning of some big changes and we are supporting the underdog because we ourselves understand what it's like to be that person. Yeah. And and I think that like to your to your guys' point, we have to really mm. we have to really come together. <laughs> There's a lot of money over there, right? On mm. and, and, and the big corporate side. And but it, it, it we're seeing it doesn't matter as much. Some indie games out outperform AAA titles 10x. I mean, yeah. you can look at the new Fallout game versus, you know, something else like Super Meat Boy or something, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. like it's it's amazing to see that happen and i think it's only going to continue yeah. that direction so thank you for being who you are coming from where you come and representing in the way that you're representing because i think you're you're representing the future of of game game development and and, and artistry etc i think it's it's the future yep yeah oh, man uh, let me Give my ego a second to come back down to uh, <laughs> normal size. Um, I'm looking at the clock down here, and we've been podcasting for just about 59 minutes. So I can safely right. say that we've done enough to make it the hour podcast length. And at this time, we obviously, Brandon and I usually go and like get water, refill the coffee mugs. And we let you guys talk directly to the audience to shout out, promote, or raise awareness for something you're involved in, something you think is cool, or just business or personal that you think just needs more spotlight so without further ado, uh, the floor is yours. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the first, just the first part is, you know, we're, we're definitely new to the scene. You know, we're trying to do something to support you as, as, a, as a developer, as a studio, as a, you know, fledgling studio, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really actually matter your size as an artist, especially um, to, to be able to work <laughs> in a way that that really accommodates your a healthy lifestyle right and not just a healthy lifestyle but um allows you to focus on what you care about and not focus on things that just take up your time needlessly or burn you out or you know nine to five was mentioned let's be real it's more like you know nine to ten p.m nowadays mm-hmm. in, especially in in triple a game development so you know like come come help us do this come come be a part of our community, you know, come to the game jams we're a part of 
And uh, we really, really care about you, you guys um, and girls. I mean, that's something I personally really do. You know, I, I started game development back in the flash days, like Albino Black Sheep, Newgrounds, et cetera. And, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I just, I know how hard it, it is and, and, but things are changing and I'm really excited about those changes. And so my ask is definitely just come be a part of it. Come, come give us feedback, come work with, with us, you know, not for us, just with us. We're not, we don't own the talent. We just, we just build tools to help you. Did you want to add to that? No, I mean, echoing everything that Austin just said, um, game development is evolving very quickly. And we're, we're, we as a platform are skating to where we believe that puck is going to end up five years from now, 10 years from now. And especially as all these new platforms are coming out uh, to either promote games or to get more games in the hands of actual players. Um, we just think that the door is about to be blown wide open um, for game developers specifically and their opportunities to actually build meaningful games that get meaningful traction and see meaningful playtime. Uh, we just want to be there to support the builders of these experiences that we believe more and more people are going to be able to experience pretty much on demand, literally on demand. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, just really, really excited to be, um, you know, in the portion of that entire value chain. And, and we just think that there's just so much opportunity uh, for people to build and also people to have fun while doing it. Um, but, you know, really the core is just helping people focus on what they want to do, which is to build, right? Exactly. We will handle kind of everything in the background. Um, you just focus on building, being creative, uh, building building amazing immersive experiences. That's, that's what we want. Also check out Rose City Games here in Portland and uh, in Summer Slow Jam. I mean, dude, it's called Summer Slow Jam. Crack open a brew, your Check out that game jam if you're, in, if you're in the Portland area, for sure. That'll be happening over the next uh, two weeks. And Brandon and Larry, thank you. You guys are amazing oh, people. Um, we're that so, we're just, we're honored. <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, even though it's the middle of the day and bright daylight, good night. This is Brandon Fam. Thank you for joining us and our guests. I will say, all right, guys. Thank you guys for having us.